The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Our first guest this afternoon is leading the charge to test for coronavirus at Canada's water treatment plants. Could COVID-19 be in our wastewater? The Canadian Water Network recently set up the Canadian Coalition of Wastewater-related COVID-19 research to try to figure that all out. And we are joined by the chair of that network, retired professor at the U of A and water expert, Steve Rudy. Uh, Steve, welcome to the show, Dr. Rudy. Oh, hello. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> nice to have you. Thanks for joining me. Is water being tested right now? Uh, yes, some preliminary samples have been uh, collected, and uh, it's basically uh, looking into the feasibility of the analyses. Um, the funding for this, where is that coming from? Well, so far, uh, people have been doing this on their own mm. time. Uh, the uh, people have volunteered their time and uh, diverted resources from other uh, places to try and check things out. Uh, this isn't just speculation, though. There's been a lot of work going on around the world. Uh, I just finished listening to a, a briefing of U.S. Congress by the uh, U.S. Water Research Foundation, and uh, some major utilities there have done an awful lot of work already. Are they finding um, are they finding the the vir- the the virus in wastewater in in the U.S.? Oh yes, and uh, several other countries around the world, and and the preliminary work in Canada is likewise. Hmm. The virus can be detected in wastewater, but it's not a simple matter. It, it requires uh, you know very competent people, experience with the methods. To, uh, to get results. So, Dr. Rudy, can you explain to, to us um, how that happens? Is it in, in urine in, in, and in feces? Uh, mainly feces. Um, urine is normally sterile, uh, but uh, uh, the question is uh, the rates of shedding uh, aren't uh, completely well known. We, we certainly know that uh, the virus is present in feces, but uh, the number of viruses per, per person who's infected uh, is somewhat unknown. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, go to the washroom. It goes through the uh, the sewage, uh, the sewer system into the uh, the water treatment plants. What happens at that end? Okay. So, uh, just for so there's no confusion, uh, it is the wastewater or sewage treatment plant. Uh, this has not got anything to do with the uh, drinking water uh, treatment plant. Good point. Uh, and uh, at the plant. Um, the, there's multiple stages to uh, remove solids and then remove organic matter. Um, and the uh, the virus is probably best detected at the inlet of the plant, but that's what, another question that is uh, the subject of research is to determine where's the best sampling point to get the most uh, sensitivity. Dr. Rudy, what kind of precautions uh, would have to be put in place for those who are doing this research? I mean, obviously there are precautions in place, just uh, basic ones that they're, that they're working with depending on, you know, that because of where they're working. But now if you're um, possibly looking into COVID-19, are there, are there even more precautions that need to be in place? Well, certainly there there need to be. Uh, now, the good news is that uh, the actual analysis is focused on uh, uh, fragments of the uh, RNA, which is the genetic component of the virus, uh, that will tell you that the virus was there. Uh, those genetic components uh, by themselves are, are not infective. The evidence appears uh, that even in fecal samples that are taken fresh, 
and analyze. Uh, there's very little evidence that uh, uh, the virus that can be detected by these genetic signals uh, is infective. Um, as far as the, uh, the sampling goes at the wastewater plant, which would be the main concern then, um, the, uh, the people working in those plants uh, need to be taking precautions uh, about exposure to sewage all the time anyway, mm-hmm. because sewage contains uh, basically a laundry list of infected pathogens. Uh, and uh, uh, COVID might be the least of their worries. Uh, uh, so normal precautions that they have to take every day uh, outside of a pandemic uh, still apply. Dr. Rudy, it seems with this virus, uh, we're learning uh, something new about it every day. There's there's changes, there's new information. What um, is the scientific world saying about this? What is it hoping for? Uh, and, and how important do they think that this might be? Well, it's important to stress that uh, this is not a magic bullet. Uh, This is not a replacement for uh, clinical testing of of infected individuals. Uh, That's always going to be the front line of of the healthcare system and the public health uh, uh, responses. The the problem, as uh, most people are aware, is that uh, the testing is uh, challenging. Uh, You know, we don't have the resources to test everybody. Um, we uh, don't have the test uh, resources to continue testing because you could be tested today uh, and not be infected, but then get infected and uh, you need to be tested tomorrow or, or mm-hmm. down the road to detect it. So the, the, the logistical problems of trying to sample or test everybody um, are just overwhelming. Uh, so the, the potential for this method is you're getting a composite indicator for an entire population that's uh, feeding to the wastewater plant. So the sampling requirements are, are tiny by comparison to, to what you need uh, for the clinical testing. I, I think some might think that it's just out of curiosity that uh, folks would want to do this, but um, you're saying that this would be good for public health. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, frankly, I've got better things to do with my time now uh, <laughs> than, than pursue this for curiosity. Uh, the the, uh, the first study was actually uh, published by the Dutch uh, uh, in early March, and uh, they had the wherewithal to start uh, checking this out, uh, going all the way back to February, and they found extremely uh, promising results. Uh, since then, uh, there's several uh, studies that have been done around the world, in Australia and France, uh, in the U.S., uh, and uh, we're, we're trying to get up to speed in Canada so that we can um, uh, get the potential benefit from this insight. So if this could be an indication of the prevalence of the infection in, in, in a community, how could it be used maybe to forecast a, a second wave or a third wave of COVID-19? Well, I think that's the most important consideration is uh, the even in the very first Dutch study, uh, they uh, sampled communities that had no reported uh, infections yet, and they were able to pick it up before wow. the clinical test did. So uh, that would be our, our hope that we could use this as a, an early warning uh, signal, as a source of information, uh, not only for communities, but um, you, you could try and focus once we've got the methods validated on institutions like prisons or, yeah. or uh, even uh, uh, nursing homes. 
any idea yet or, you know, what the hope would be for the, the turnaround with the testing? I mean, if you got a sample and then you're tested, are, are, you, are you looking an hour? Are you looking 24 hours or would it take a week to, to find results? Uh, results can be uh, gotten be, within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously an important consideration for this to have value that those results get compiled and, and uh, communicated to public health authorities as quickly as possible. Otherwise, you lose the advantage of, uh, of the early warning. Before I let you go, what else um, has, has been tested for in wastewater? If I remember correctly, I think, um, um, I think they've done some with cannabis and um, there was a bug. If I remember, it was in, Nor- I don't know if it was in Northern Ontario, but cryptosporidium, something like that, that, uh, that was, was tested for uh, in the past? That's correct. Uh, I mean, uh, drug testing uh, uh, has been underway uh, looking for cannabis before the the laws were changed. Um, It's been used looking for opioids uh, in uh, in the U.S. Uh, For other pathogens, it's been used uh, to uh, check the uh, uh, efficacy of uh, polio vaccine Mm. treatment in areas that uh, still have polio as an endemic disease. Um, so uh, there is some experience. It's not something that wastewater utilities would normally do. Uh, it's uh, you know uh, been rather focused in the past, but given our circumstances now, it seems timely to uh, to see what what it can do for us. Interesting stuff, Dr. Rudy. We'll be looking forward to finding out more about this in the weeks to come. Thanks for joining me. Okay, thank you. Take care, Dr. Steve Rudy. This afternoon, uh, the chair of the Canadian Water Network, the National Research Advisory Group. He's a retired professor with the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry at the University of Alberta. Uh, He's a water expert, and yeah, testing... testing to see if COVID-19 does, you know, showing up in, in, in sewage and what that could be used moving forward to maybe um, predict or indicate a second wave or a third wave. Interesting stuff. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.